In February, I was given six months to live. Now, that, that, that's a bit of a fucker, really. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and <laughs> my first thought was, genuinely, I'm going to prove them wrong. That was my very first thought. Hi, this is Mick Tilly, and this is Mixed Martial Arts. Today I'm talking to my friend Anthony Pillage, not long after he'd suffered a stroke. He's also battling cancer at the minute and he swears a lot. I just wanted to let you know that before you're listening and that we've left most of the swearing in. He swears a lot. I hope you enjoy it. It was real fun doing it. Yeah, hi, this is Tony Pillage, Chief Instructor and Founder of the Way of the Spiritual Warrior in Coventry. Well known for being a little bit contentious, full of cancer, and also a pressure point expert, inverted commas, backslash, big smiley face. Well, do you know what? That actually ruins any of my intros that I was going to do because Tony's covered it all. To some people, he's a pioneer. Some people, he's a pariah. To me, he's a good friend. Uh, he amuses me. But well, let's start at the beginning. Shall we? Because that's always a good place to start. There's a song there. I started my martial arts journey uh, fairly late in life after a deep vein thrombosis, which turned into a pulmonary embolism, which knackered up my left lung. This started, uh, God, back in 2003. We opened up our school. Uh, it was actually on the 3rd of the 3rd of the 3rd. Uh, we go forward several years. Um, I've highlighted and um, been at the, the forefront, I would like to think, of pressure point application in this country. I've uh, headlined every single major martial arts show that's been on in that time, which I believe I'm the only person to do so, which is pretty funky, and sold out uh, a slot at Senny, which only Bisping ever did at the same uh, show. So, yeah, people either want to come and have a little pop at me, which is fine. People can come and uh, train with me which is also fine, or people can just come and listen to my bollocks, which is equally as fine. And uh, I think that's why myself and Mr. T get on so fucking well, really. <laughs> uh, apologies, by the way, for the swearing. This is probably the first time ever that there'll be more swearing by one of the guests than by me, so that's pretty <laughs> good, eh? Yeah, but the point is this, you see. I read an article which said that people who swear are more trustworthy, mm, and course. it just gave my Tourette's realm Oh, let, let it just Legion. fly. Legion. But, but no, that, well, that's the truth. You know, the image that you can give to somebody can change everything, right? You've seen this in martial mm -hmm. arts. That's why most people are drawn to martial arts, because they don't like what they are. Oh, God. I mean, if you, if you had 100 people in, into your club and you interviewed every single one of them as to why they've joined, you would get 100 different answers. There's no question about it. But I, I, I came into martial arts because I had a DVT... I was unfit. I'd had a bad car accident, which sort of curtailed my rugby career. I, I came along and started doing some really poor level karate. Then I realised, you know, as in the alchemist and Paulo Coelho, I had found my personal legend that that's what I had to do. Now, whether I was good at it or bad at it, it actually didn't matter a fuck. I was a green belt in, in, in a really shit style and I opened up my own club. Now, you know, a lot of the people who gave me a, a, a tremendous amount of shit, and rightly so at that time, now become my biggest fans yeah. because you know, I, I've stuck with it. I, I've done the right thing with what I do. You know, we have a, a school here with over 450 students training on a week-by-week -week basis. Am I going to turn out world champions? No. Am I going to turn out much more rounded, better people who are in an environment they really enjoy with like-minded people? 100%. And that's what my, my martial arts is about here. 
Yeah. The pressure point stuff, which is my, my area of expertise, I, I fell into by complete accident, but I will go into that at a later date. So you know, I, my martial arts here is not about getting people fit. It's about trying to teach them technique and life skills. You know, what we do have here is an environment which, which is rich in trying to help people achieve things that they can't do normally. So we've got kids with autism, we've got adults with Asperger's here, we've got people with, with mental health issues. Yeah, and they are welcome as, as, as an able-bodied person, and it, they're marvellous. Uh, and that's why it's an open and all-embracing club. Tony was brutally honest about how, you know the level of skill he had, where he'd come from, and I said he should have just come in and he should have just been like, come down from a Tibetan mountain and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, I was training down at Coventry Sports Centre and mm -hmm. I was a green belt. Yeah, he should have stuck with the mystical <laughs> side of it. Yeah, if you'd have done that, yeah, in the long run it would have hurt, but in the start it wouldn't have. And, you know, I, me personally, I think Tony's doing some good. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to get him to talk about, uh, you said in the intro there, you know, he's full of cancer. Yeah, I, I, I pop around to see Tony. Jeez, when did I go and see you and your back had collapsed and you, you just looked like something out of a Cronenberg movie? <laughs> <laughs> that was in early February. It's okay because he's alive now, can I say it? But, yeah, you, you look like shit. You looked awful. And, um, yeah, you can talk about the cancer if you want. But yeah, trust me, he's told me about the uh, procedure and it was horrific. With all, with all joking aside now, because this is sort of fairly serious. My mum, my grandfather, my auntie and uncle all died of cancer, all on one side of the family. And I've been a smoker. My body has hardly been a temple to anything apart from indulgence and decadence. Mm. Um, and, and I'm fine with that. So... Bacchanalian, is it? Ban ba Bacchanalian. Bacchanalian. That's yeah, yeah. Bacchanalian <laughs> pursuits, right? And, and 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 I'm grateful for those years. <laughs> um, but I've always realised that there is a cancer predisposition in, in in my family. So all my life, I've had this cancer threat over my shoulder. Yeah. So in a way, when, when um, a very dear friend, which is a mutual friend of mix of mine, Richard Barnes, asked me a question. Said, yeah, Barnes is a great guy. I love him. He's awesome. Um, and one of my closest friends. He asked me, how am, am I ready? Because I, I, I took a very uh, odd stance with, with the, uh, the cancer, and I, I was very public with it, um, and called it Bob after the thing that Lord Flashart always used to fuck in Blackadder. Because <laughs> um, uh, I was going to fuck cancer, and I was going to fuck Bob. So... Um, they discovered this huge, great mass in my chest, the size of a grapefruit, and that was back in October. Uh, there were several cock-ups with Warwick Hospital, which I will never forgive them for. And um, I ended up being operated on uh, basically the same sort of operations you get with open-heart surgery. So they cut my sternum open, they opened it up, they cut out the mass, they broke seven ribs on the process, <clears throat> stitched me back up again, and um, I, I, I had... Two and a half to three months just being completely screwed, hardly could move, and a lot of pain, morphine, painkillers all day long. Then I had the radiotherapy, which nearly knocked the shit out of me, um, which was 30 uh, sessions, one each day. Um, that was bad. Ouch. Um, and probably the, I would rather go through the operation again than go through the radiotherapy again. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It was, I mean, some days I couldn't walk, some days I couldn't eat. Um, I remember going around Tesco's in Coventry on Bank Holiday Monday at Easter and going around twice and there wasn't one single thing that I could actually believe I could eat. 
Um, I, I ended up surviving literally on glucose and wine guns, which are two of the worst things you could ever have if you've got cancer. That's all I could keep down because your sense of smell and taste is like 10 times more intensive, but skewed by 30%. So, yeah, it's just appalling, absolutely appalling. Um, but I got through it. Um, my, my goal was, I had my operation on the 1st of December. On the 2nd of December, I made a vow to myself that I was going to get to Glastonbury this year. Um, I managed to do that. Um, but I needed a break, so I went on a cruise around the Med, um, <laughs> doing a bit of bucket list stuff, uh, trying to get myself stronger for Glastonbury. Uh, so I'm, I'm probably the only person I know who goes on a Med cruise to get stronger for fucking Glastonbury. I mean, it's just awesome. <laughs> um, it's the way forward. Uh, well, yeah, and it, it was marvellous. Um, went to Rome, bucket list, went to Pompeii, and then people were saying, I go, just as a joke, I said, I'm going to climb Vesuvius. And people are going, you can't climb Vesuvius, you've got one lung. Because, oh yeah, part of my operation was I lost a lung uh, in the process as well. So I've got one lung, I've got cancer. Uh, I haven't done any exercise for the best part of nine months. Um, so I did climb Vesuvius, which was possibly the greatest achievement I've ever done. No question about it. So when you were at, when you were at Glastonbury, what were your highlights? I think, um, I think the Sunday was probably the most special day ever. Uh, I was awoken to my friend, the mighty Ken, cooking me breakfast. Nice. Which was, which was a, a treat. We then went off to the Sacred Circle to sing Happy Birthday to the Dalai Lama. Now, that was on his 80th birthday. I mean, how incredible is that? Tony, you, you mentioned when you, were, when you talked about the cancer, mm -hmm. you, know, you alluded to saying that some people said this and, you know, I've heard this because obviously you've been really, really public with it. Yeah. You know, like how, first of all, how much has it helped you? How much did it help other people, and how cathartic was it? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna reverse this around a little bit. To be yeah. Honest. I, as you can imagine, going through this whole thing, you know, and in February I was given six months to live. Now that that that's a bit of a fucker, really. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and <laughs> my first thought was, genuinely, I'm going to prove them wrong. That was my very first thought. Um, now. You have to imagine this. We could do anything we want. We could go on a plane. We could go on a ship. We could do whatever we want now. And the world is out there for us. The day I had my operation, my world then shrunk to the size of a bed. And the outpouring that I did as a cathartic process, as you say, on Facebook, became a, a daily window to the world. And, and the love and affection and support I got back I genuinely believe carried me through the worst of the times. And, and, and I think mentally I would have been completely shaped had it not been for that. What it also did, I was um, supposed to be teaching at the martial arts show up in um, Doncaster this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, I had a stroke, as, as you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just, um, what, nine weeks ago now. Yeah. So I thought I'd go up and support it um, rather than... Uh, you know, just not, not turn up. And it was, it was important. I'm glad I went. Um, I met a lot of great people. But I had over 200 people genuinely go up to me and say, can I have a photograph? Can I have an autograph? It's, and when I get to my shots, you get that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. But not to that level. But then people come up, can I sit down and talk to you? I want to thank you because the way that you've dealt with this has helped me broach the problems I've had with my mum who's got cancer. My sister's got terminal cancer, but we read your blog every day because it really helps us. 
Now, what, what transpired was, going back a little while, as, as Mick is sitting in my office now, and we've got somewhere in the region of about three and a half thousand books in here. Yeah, you know, it, there's a lot. And you know, I've read every day of my life, but for eight months I haven't read since the operation. It was a really weird thing. I just had a mental block on reading. But before, um, about Easter time, there was a program called The C Word, which was the Yeah, 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 sorry, Sheldon yeah. Smith. Now I watched that, and I was in tears for most of it, because I, I, for the first time, someone spoke about cancer the same way I thought about it. I wasn't on my own with it, and that, that was amazing. She called her cancer the bullshit I called mine Bob. So when I went away on my cruise, I took the book, The C Word, with me. Yeah. And again, the coincidences and the, the crossover that me and that woman had were just unbelievable. I, I can't, I could tell you 50, 60, 70 things where that was. An example was her favourite time of the year, she wanted to get better to go to Glastonbury. Her favourite album is A Seldom Seen Kid by Elbow, which is my favourite album. Wow. We both love the boot on heels. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> but but I, I, I got her, and, and I believe that we would have been tremendous friends had we ever met, because our outlook was the same, and it was unbelievable to try and to actually find someone who had that same anarchic approach to something that's so serious. And, and by doing that, you know, uh, we uh, have opened up vistas to other people who have got problems because it's still so taboo. The cancer one, it even gets me. Mm. You know, if someone's got cancer and I'm like, oh, well, I need to be somewhere mm. because they just don't want to talk about it. Yeah, and it, it's, it's, it's still a horrific disease. Mm. It's awful, right? How, you just had the all clear, right? No. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's ruined me. <laughs> right. But you had good news. Okay. Help me here. Okay. Throw um, me a bone. When uh, I saw my oncologist last week, and in effect, I he's very pleased with my progress. I'm, I'm a lot stronger, and you know, I'm, I'm, I think you've got to realise, Mick, is um, a lot of this is to do with my fucking sad ego. Now, for an example, when we did, we did an open day at the hospital on the Thursday, yeah. Now I went into the radiology centre at the Arden uh, building, and I took in the girls some pumice as well. Because yeah. the last time they see me, I was on a, on a, uh, I was in a wheelchair and on a walking stick um, to go and have my radiotherapy because I couldn't walk after the stroke. So um, they hadn't seen me since the end of my the treatment, which was then. Yeah. Um, so part of me, I wanted to go in there and give them that. and go, look what I've done, look what I've achieved. Aren't I fucking amazing? Yeah. And I look really good and bronze and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and that's my ego. I wanted to be praised for, for doing it. And, and that's part of it. And I realised that. You know, those little snippets feed me and energise me. Yeah. And, and they do make you feel better. And they make you feel that you, you're not a cancer victim. No, that, that, well, that's, no one wants to be a victim of anything, do right. they? You know, that's, that's. But then on the Friday, I went to see the oncologist and, you know, he's saying you're strong. Uh, obviously, I'm sitting in a lot of pain in my chest and will be probably for another year. Um, but I taught this Saturday and I taught very well again. And it was, although I was a bit nervous about sort of getting back and, within five minutes of being in front of people and it was great because they hadn't seen my stuff before so I can start showing off a little bit and doing my thing and being loud and rash and oh and and then you know I get the the, um, the feedback oh a legendary thing I can't believe we've just done this and that all feeds you 
we, you think we've touched the, the really bad subject. Now I'm going to say like this is the, this is the elephant in the room no one ever wants to talk about. If you're listening to this and you don't know anything about martial arts or you're listening to this and you don't buy into it, Tony, tell me right now, sell it to me. Tell me what pressure points are about. <laughs> okay, this is this is your moment in the sun now, my friend. Oh, I'm, I'm moist with anticipation. I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're always moist. Okay, look. Over the years, I um, let's go back a little bit. I, I was t- um, very very good friends with a guy called Ian Abernethy. Yeah, and Ian is one of the best known and well respected authors and DVD producers. Yeah, he's a great guy, yeah. And he's a tremendous martial artist. Yeah. And we we were friends, and our friends, I should say. And my mum had cancer, and she suggested that I go, uh, we we managed to get a really cheap holiday to Cyprus, and Ian said, why don't you go and see Russell Stoopley when you're out there? Russell, I'd never even heard of him. I didn't know who he was. And I thought, okay, well, if Ian's saying so, it must be good. Um... So I hired a car, drove 70 miles, and booked a two-hour training session with him. And I was mesmerised by what I was learning. Because I, I, I always thought in my mind, the martial arts I want to teach is not for someone who's six foot four and 17 stone like me. I want to teach it to a four foot 11, seven stone girl who's about to be raped, and then we can teach her something which might well get her out of that situation. Right. And none of the stuff I had seen up to that point was anywhere near that. Right. All of a sudden, Russell starts showing me this, and I'm going... Jesus Christ, this is amazing. So the following day, I booked another two-hour lesson, and so Sarah and my mum had to sort of go off and do some more shopping. Yeah, nice. Day three, booked a three-hour lesson with him. I'm flying now. I'm absolutely flying. Sarah says, we will be getting divorced if you go tomorrow. That was the four-hour session in his home. <laughs> um, I then bought all his DVDs, and, and that's where it started. Now, let, let, let's... let's look at this absolutely down the line. What is a pressure point? A pressure point is basically where a nerve is exposed that we can access. And in very simple terms, yeah? Or a weak area of the body. Now, you know, that's what it is. I'm, I'm showing people the last 5% of their technique, if we hit it there, it's going to be that much more effective. That's it in a nutshell. Right. There is no... Mumbo jumbo, and people like George Zillman, who really brought this out into the um, into the, the fore, started believing their own fucking stupid ego and their godlike status within their student because of this yeah. pressure point whizzy doodah. That's that's what you, YouTube's YouTube's killed a lot of it. You know, that's of the thing. But uh, uh, and that's what it is. So if I said right, I am going to teach um, areas of weakness of the body as a course, no one would would. Pl- no. An eyelid. Now, what I would say, genuinely, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, okay, is this. If we went back six or seven years, people were, were always uh, castigating this sort of stuff, yeah? I, I have headlined semi where I've had, the, like, the biggest turnout. The last semi, for example, yes. had the biggest turnout of any of the workshops. So there is an interest. And in the past, perhaps, I have been very conscious of getting as many of my guys in to make sure that it's a big, big successful thing. Yeah. But, you know, when I have people like Hoist Gracie looking at the stuff I'm doing, going, this is really helpful, this is really good. When I have people who are professional boxers looking at this stuff and going, fucking hell, this stuff is really good. When Paul the Titan Taylor, the, the 
you know, a, a heavyweight of renown comes into my dojo and I start showing him pressure point stuff and he's going, this is the most amazing stuff I've ever seen, then there is something in it and I know there's something in it. Yeah. Now, what pisses me off to the fucking gills is if you want to come along and train with me, okay, and you go, this is absolute shite, then God bless you, thank you for coming, I've never found it yet, hand on heart, yeah? Yeah. But the tossing wank buckets out there who write about this going, oh, pressure points don't work, they, uh, da, 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 da. fuck off. You have no idea what you're talking about. Go and train with someone like Steve Burton. Steve Burton is one of the best, best pressure point guys in the country, yeah? He's also a serving police officer in a riot squad. So? Every weekend, he's using points. Yeah. Every fucking weekend. And we talk often about what's working and what's not working. Yeah. yeah. People uh, on drugs, people who are non-responders, people who are pissed. What is going to work on him? Because he's doing it every week. Train with power, powerhouse Pete Holmes and say pressure points don't work. It's bollocks. Yeah, you, you, the thing, my, my, my issue, right, uh, my issue with it is I try and stay, uh, yeah, if you haven't got anything good to say, don't say anything mm -hmm. at all. But, my whole thing is, which is going to seek us into something really uh, interesting. It's one of my one of my most it's one of, it's, it's one of my favourite topics that I love. Which uh, most of the guys, anyone who question anything, it's always you're looking at two equally skilled men in either a competition, you know, or there's a, a belt at the end, or there's a cup, mm -hmm. or there's a medal, or something like that. Uh, and they always forget that, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here. But, you know, reality-based martial arts uh, in this country is based on hitting the guy first. It's as simple mm -hmm. as that. Um, and, you know, the morality of that, you have to, you have to figure that out. As I'm getting older, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, have, I, have, you know, I, I have personal reservations with that. that that's, that's a given. Uh, secondly, I, <laughs> it's funny, funny you mentioned the police. I taught for my old karate club Andy Margaret mm -hmm. on uh, last Sunday uh, yeah, yeah great guy Andy's awesome and you know Andy's a true believer and he's got you know he's got a great setup there you know these guys are really good martial artists really good at karate started showing them some Kali they were like wow and of course all you do with Kali is just make it look like they're, they're bunkai and then they go wow we've been doing this for years yeah, yeah. Go, yeah you know at the end of the day Trifle's trifle, you know. It doesn't. It depends how you serve it, right? But uh, the reason I'm saying it's one of the one of the uh, one of the other instructors is a friend of mine, Lorraine Harkin, legitimate world champion at point fighting, very very good, and she's a control and restraint public order officer, uh, uh, instructor of uh, West Midlands Police. So she starts doing some of the stuff, and she actually used the dreaded PP words a few mm -hmm. times, and she was saying it. But it's like she said, uh, I'm not going to lovingly caress you. I I'm going to get my thumb and I'll jam it in. And, you know, I I've got two of my friends grabbing other limbs of your body. And, yeah, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, the guy's yelping in pain. It's, it, that, that'll work. Mm -hmm. That'll work. And that's my, my, my whole thing is I, I have a lot of it. Um, yeah, and we're, we're not, we, we, we are staying on the same subject. It's... People say to me, why do you train trapping? Trapping doesn't work. Trap all the time in Thai boxing. But yeah, it's there such a short period of time, it's gone. Why do you train with the sticks? It's good for my body mechanics. And they go, yeah, but yeah, stick fighting doesn't work. And you have to explain to them, I'm 
I'm not bad at boxing and tie boxing. You're going to give me a pair of sticks as well. Hmm. What part of that isn't going to fucking work? Yeah. You know, this is the thing. And for me, the, the main thing is, first of all, is horses for courses. Secondly, more importantly, uh, you have to redefine the parameters of what this is for. You know, it's, it is, the, the, you know, uh, disagree with me if I'm wrong here, but ju yeah, judging a fish on his ability to climb a tree, uh, that, that's, that's, what, that's how you'd look at it, right? Yeah, but I think, mate, you know, if, you, if you look at, you talk about the police there, right? I, I was speaking to a copper of strangely at Glastonbury, and yeah. we were talking about pressure points, and he was saying the ones that they, they actually teach. And they, they do work. There's no question about it. Now, you, you are a big fan of uh, Mr. Eric Paulson's, I believe. Yeah, yeah, but Eric's done pressure points on me. I yeah. know, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Eric's done a pressure point on me and made me far. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trust me, I know it works. He teaches, you know, he teaches points as part of his systems. Yeah, you know, if you look at um, any of the old BJJ, it's it's all in there. You know, yeah, the, the karate cutters have this whole point mapping system in them. So when people say that they don't exist. Uh, you've also got the, the, the science to back it up these days because where in the past people are um, going oh yeah we'll do, 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 do. we have a point here just on the, on the inside of the finger yeah which has long been known as an acupuncture point which if you put it in there it's a pain re uh, uh, reliever yeah yeah. so if you've got period pains as we often go through once yeah, a month yeah I have that all the time we, yeah. we massage that and it helps yeah yeah now with the advent of much more powerful CAT scans, they have now been showing how when you put a, an acupuncture needle in there, the, the lobe of the brain, which is associated with pain relief and all the serotonin, lights up like a Christmas tree. Right. So we're, we're actually proving now that these places work and they do what they, they actually say on the tin. Finally, Tony, we're going to wrap it up on just a couple of things. First of all, future, what you'd like to okay. achieve. Right. Um, we, let me put this into perspective, I think. Um, I look back at last November, and um, I think I think we can say, when we look back at the photographs from the MAI Awards dinner, I look like Paul Gascoigne's slightly more alcoholic and ill brother. Well, I thought you looked like uh, I thought you looked like Tom Hanks at the end of Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, yeah, not great, not great. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I, I won a lifetime achievement award with Ian Freeman and Mo T. Now, quite frankly, they are wonderful people. I love them both dearly. Um, I'm not in the same league as that. So, so my 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 words were. You're only giving this to me because you think I'll be dead next year, which, which was quite amusing. Um, but um, after the operation, I when I lost my lung, I had a, a wake-up call, another award ceremony, when I realised there was no disabled martial artist being represented at all. Um, and we taught a lot of people with physically handicapped, but we dealt more within the mental handicap yeah. and disabled uh, arena, or challenge, I should say. So, in my own inimitable style, we, we've got a um, an award ceremony on the uh, in October up at Lillishaw, which uh, is going to be phenomenal. Uh, it's called the Warriors Assemble, um, named after the big uh, fundraiser we did here uh, back in 
February. Yeah, I'm looking at the poster here right now, and I didn't get to be. I thought I'd be Iron Man, but yeah, the awesome Trevor Roberts. All right, I'll, I'll <laughs> give you that. And um, we're looking. So Bob Breen got to be Captain America. Phil Norman got to be Thor, Thor. Yeah, right? Yeah. Moti got to be Hulk. Alex Reed was he Hawkeye there? Yeah, he was indeed. Uh, you are the Black Widow, <laughs> right? Tony Bailey got to be the General. Uh, I think that was a race. Nick Fury. The, I think that was yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the General. Sorry, yeah. Nick Fury, right? Uh, and I don't know who I am, but I, people are telling me that I'm some sort of chick. You are. Uh, a baldy chick. So I'm a bald chick in that. Yeah. I, and I like my comics, but even I'm looking at the picture right now and I can't do it. But yeah, it was actually an awesome seminar. It was a like, real honour to be uh, asked to come and help and, uh, you know, teach alongside some guys that I really, really respect, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, it was. I think personally, it was probably the best seminar I've put on over the last 12 months. It was, it was good. Yeah. It was really because there was good. another 20 top level instructors yeah. there as well. Um, so... The we're doing a uh, the Warriors assemble for disabled uh, people. Um, that will be going Lillishaw, twenty fourth of October. Uh, I've got uh, an MBE Paralympian coming along. I've got Steve Carruthers from the um, from the uh, Undateables, uh, the television program. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Just, he's just awesome. Um, Alex Reed is comparing for us. And I've got a very big surprise of some people at a band I met at Glastonbury who are also coming up to do the um, to do some entertainment. So it's going to be a phenomenal night. Awesome. Um, videos from America, including, I hope and pray, Nate Quarry and Jake the Snake Beckman. Oh, Jacob Beckman, yeah. yeah. The, yeah Jacob's uh, a cool guy. Check him out. Yeah, he's a Down Syndrome uh, cage fighter who just, uh, he's just awesome. Um, and Nate Quarry, you have my undying respect, sir. Yeah, so that's a cool guy so again we've got the creme did a creme of British martial arts and world martial arts uh, actually on the panel so for example BJJ is being um, uh, invigilated by Hoist Gracie and Professor Neil Simkin yeah it doesn't get any better than that um, Jeet Kune Do will be uh, Richard Bastillo is going to be invigilated for that I, I could go on but it's there's about 20 different categories and represented by the best people I, I know so it's going to be awesome. Okay. Everybody's welcome. And personally for you, what do you, what do you want to do? Just get back. Fucking live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good one, right? <laughs> Mr. Village. one last thing, if I may. Do it. Okay. One morning on my cruise, I'm, uh, I'm awoken at 4.30 in the morning by the Puerto Rican dance party that's going on in the, in the uh, room above my, my head. I thought, no, but you're on holiday time. Don't be back to your bolshy best. Just let it go. Be like frozen. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. So, quarter an hour later, it's still banging. And I'm thinking, there's poor old people on here. They're not going to like it. So I phone up reception. No one there. So Tone decides he's going to take things into his own hand and go up the stairs and bang on the door gently and just perhaps show them their, their ways a little bit. So I do. They weren't very happy until I then said, I will take the boom box and I will insert it inside one of you. That seemed to be the, the final caught into getting them to turn it off so that was cool but i was wide awake then and it's a uh, five o'clock in the morning it's a beautiful morning we've just gone through the straight to messina and uh, i thought i'm going to go into the viewing gallery with my book have a cup of coffee do some writing be lovely and, and the book i took was the c word with lisa Lynch. yes so i start reading it and unfortunately it's got to a bit where she's having chemo and uh it would just not the, the the crap out but bless her and yeah. uh, and at the time, I'm still worried about having chemo myself because it scares the shit out of me, to be honest. 
So I'm reading this, I've got tears coming down my eyes, and I'm like, oh God, this is just awful, I can't read any more of this. Now part of my journey, going to the medal, I wanted to see dolphins, I love dolphins, I bought binoculars so I could see yeah. dolphins. All I, I'd seen a sardine, and that's about it thus far. That's what you're saying? Uh, nothing else, it's like nothing. And that's five days, six days maybe into the trip. And I'm still in the bargaining phase of my cancer, so I'm going, if I'm nice to people, I'm going to get better. If I if if I if I don't <laughs> run that person over, I'm going to get better. The bargaining phase. Yeah. It's actually well Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> where this came from, I don't know. And I went because I don't believe in God. Yeah. But I do believe in there is a spirituality within us all. And I go, if I see a dolphin today, I'm going to get better. And 20 seconds later, not 20 feet from where I was sitting, two dolphins jumped out of the water. I went back in. Fuck. Yeah. And I never saw any more dolphins Jesus. the whole of the trip. Now, whether that's coincidence, whether that's something spiritual or whatever it is, I really don't know, yeah? But it was, pardon me, it was absolutely one of the most magical, incredible experiences I've ever had. So, when it, I, I never poo-poo anything. Never <laughs> poo-poo. And do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get Tony to put on the lottery. That's what yeah. I am. Because if a guy can manifest dolphins, he can manifest <laughs> 22 million for me later, all right? No worries at all, but, mate. As always, edifying. <laughs> uh, Thanks, that's a handshake there that you can't see. <laughs> All right, bye. At the start of the show, Pillage said that he was given six months to live in February. This show's going out in late October. He's already managed to prove them wrong. Long may that continue. Pelagius, keep on breathing. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed it, you're going to love my guest next week. As martial artists and as martial art instructors, we have this sort of bag of gold that we get to, to give away, and somehow the bag seems to not get empty. We've been fortunate enough to be given this thing, and for me, I know it's transformed my life immensely, immensely, um, to the point of yeah, I can be the first one to break down emotionally on your podcast if you want to, you know. Mixed Martial Arts is a paint your headphones production. Woo!